Hey, everybody. Welcome yes. to the More Than Words podcast. We are your aunties of inclusion. I am Liz. For real. And guess who it, who it is? It's also Sharon. Like, I just came up. I showed up today. I'm here and I'm present. Guess what? Me too. Yeah, we're here. Listen, if you're just joining us, you already know who we are. And if you don't know, go back to the episodes and catch up, okay? Because right now we are here to catch up with you. So listen, we have heard all of your inquiries, right? Y'all been watching our social media. Y'all been watching our Facebook, okay? Because we're doing good on there. I see y'all. I see our community growing. Okay, grow. Second of all, I see y'all Instagram. Okay, Instagram followers going up, up, up. Y'all heard our goals for 2023. And then also our YouTubers. Come on now, subscribing. Y'all not like it, but y'all subscribing. So we appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. So do your part. Well, my interesting thing is, you know, I watch the analytics because, you know, I'm a data girl, right? So I always look at the analytics and I'm like, I see the views happening. I see the downloads happening. But why don't you like it? Like, why don't you comment? Why don't you share? Why don't you like? What are we doing? So you're watching me, but you're not liking me. Okay, you're watching me, but you're not liking me. So like, like, comment, comment, share, share. Period. Whatever. Period. 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 But let me tell you what's not sharing. If y'all notice that Leah's got a background of the aunties of inclusion and I don't got one. So I just want to go on a record that. No, I made you one. Where is yours? You I did, but guess what? It's not that one. It's not that one. So if y'all are listening, you don't know what we're talking about. It's completely fine. That's because you're not watching on YouTube. But guess what? There you go. See, now we have two. Yeah. Now we have two and they can see us differently. But that one is on our uh, Canva like thing. I, like I just felt like being tropical, you know, all that. But anyways, we want to welcome everybody as we start talking randomly. Yeah. We have to. We want y'all to catch up with us because y'all y'all been listening. We've been doing our part. We've been bringing the guests. We've been bringing the knowledge. We've been bringing the timely information. So we got a little time to catch up with you. But I did want to just put her on spot because I mean she got this background and now I got this the background from not not now. You know what I mean? And so I'm feeling certain type way. Go ahead, Liz. It's fine. It's your auntie moment. We're going to get to the auntie moment. Liz got one. You know, I just had to put her out there because I see how she do. I see how she do. But Auntie Moment, if you're just joining us, the Auntie Moment is about um, really us honoring and appreciating our uh, similarities and differences or talking about daring or audacious things that's happened, quite frankly, sometimes with our clients um, or in our life or just in general, the world, you know, because the world is definitely uh, worlding. And so uh, we want to make sure that we uh, have a moment to catch up and get a little, get a little tea from us today. And guess what? we will be launching merch soon, but I just want to put that brand placement for those of you watching. Liz, I'll put the nine. I know, I didn't, I know, I don't. So I gave all my cups away here in the UK. Don't get mad at me, y'all. Like, I know there's one particular person that listens to our podcast and they are here in the UK and they're going to be mad at me because they're like, oh, so you gave your cups away, but I don't get one. So anyways, I have to bring one to them. But yes, watch out because we're going to have some merch coming out and y'all can uh, have your aunties, you know, wearing them. You you can put your stuff in them. You can drink your stuff out of them, whatever you want. But uh, let's talk about this auntie moment. Um, Please, thank you. You know, y'all, as y'all know, Sharon and I are both coaches, right? I think we've talked about that extensively. It's all over our webpage. It's all over our Instagram And uh, a lot of times we talk about our experiences with our clients and the things that like we, we, we see and, and the common themes, but I kind of want to move it to us coaches a little bit and especially me. So let me, I'll just tell y'all, be very honest with y'all. I'll post a picture on our Instagram later on as to what my setup looks like right now. So I'm currently under the weather. I've moved over to the UK and y'all have some uh, very powerful bugs out here in the UK. (laughs) And um, I've gotten like, every time somebody gets sick, I get sick. So I am currently under the weather and you're probably thinking, why are you recording the podcast? And to be fair, my hermana over there said, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, yes, I need this. I need this today because I've been feeling really crummy. And honestly, these conversations are the highlight of my week, right? 
They are. I love, I feel so, I feel like a Wonder Woman, powerful at the end of it. But I will say I have been pushing through a lot this week. I have been carrying the behaviors of my ancestors very much this week where we don't take care of ourselves and we just push through. And we're just like, I have kids. I have to do this. I have to do that. Actually, do I really have to? And actually, who can I reach out to? And I think we've talked about this before. And it's probably the last time I got sick when we talked about this. (laughs) But this week, actually, I coached a couple of people on on their self-care and what they were doing to prioritize themselves, right? And um, I think there's so much pressure at the beginning of the year, every year, to document all your goals, to figure out what you want to accomplish this year. You're trying to push out the things that maybe you didn't reach last year for whatever reason. And, And I think that's why a lot of people get sick around this time, because it's like, you have so it's so much pressure for you to do. So I think my auntie moment today is like my own like my own lesson of the my things that I tell my clients. Like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Who are you reaching out to? And part of it is this podcast. So if you see me on video on YouTube, you see that my hair is in a trenza or a what are they called? Braid. And uh, I got my cafecito earrings on and I, you don't know what my background looks like, but I'm in bed. But you see it because I got the sneak peek. I was like, what's going on here? Okay. I love it though. But listen, first and foremost, I do think it's important to just say, you know, to call it out that one, when you're not feeling well, like, I mean, so many people just be pushing through. I'd be like, let's start leading with how are you doing? And then add in how you actually are feeling. And by the way, don't let people know that you can't come in. If you have the access and availability of time off, take your time off so you can heal and give your body the full rest. Um, I, I, that's not something I've always practiced, but I will tell you that it's become more and more important. Um, And maybe it's because we went through like maybe a life changing, life scaring um, two years or more now um, of just really have to be conscious about how healthy you are and what you value and who and how you spend your time with your your health and the relationship you have with your body, as well as how you decide to prioritize the things that are your responsibilities versus the things that are core and important to you. So, yes all of those things. And that's a long way to say, yes, take care of yourself. Like, what are we doing? Aren't we, aren't we, we? Like, aren't we, we, right? So if we not we in and we not here, then who's here? Like, for real, we need you 100%. And Liz, yes, I told Liz we need to record this podcast. You see how she skipped over that so quickly. <clears throat> and she was coughing off the mic just because I'm sad. <laughs> I said, we don't need to be doing this, Liz, because you don't feel good. No, but this is, part of my self-care right so now it's like not things that I have to do but things that I'm choosing to do right and it's not that I'm pushing through it's that this conversation and I I will put a a picture of my my setup because I do have my I'm a ring light but and I have this like Mm -hmm. wooden thing on the bed please please it's so many things socks on like listen Y'all, y'all, she's she's describing the high level things. When you look at this picture, I will I'll be honest, I was going to send a note to your husband. I was like, I'm not sure she'd be posting this. This setup is really crazy. It's also, crazy. how much did you eye hustle my I did every day? What'd you see? Mm-hmm. I eye hustled everything from the nightstand, the lighting placement. Then I was like proximity to where I know since I've visited you, like all the other <laughs> things that's in the room. I was like, oh yeah, so they moved that around there. Oh, that's cute. Um, yeah, and I was like, okay, she got her water there. I see that she got her her cozy remote and everything is there. The lighting is perfectly set up, giving. Um, but I ain't gonna give too much because that's over. That's gonna give away the photo. But I will say 
one, I am glad that we're connected. We've had a lot of guests and shout out to all our guests. This is our catch up. Like Liz and I haven't had a chance to really catch up. We we do a lot of things behind the scenes all the time, but this is our time to catch up with you all. So um, I'm so happy to do that. Second of all, I just want to let y'all know for who are not watching um, that I'm going to be visually counting all the coughs that she has. And then we're going to close this thing down early. If <laughs> what, for those what? on YouTube, you should be counting the coughs too. Go back. Every Start time over. I cough, you like. No, no. Every time you cough, that means we're getting closer to the end, okay? Because we, I got to look out for you, okay? So wait, Liz, today you said you was choosing a topic. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, no, today we're doing uh, the Gartner article from yes. October 2022. That's, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of Gartner and what they published, but since you've told me about them, I obviously had done all my research and Googling <laughs> and whatnot and there's some just incredible information out there and um, had me thinking. I got a lot of questions, but before we get there, Shara, how are you doing? Oh, yeah. I was going to let that slide right past real quick. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I know. See, you always see. Don't try to cough. Don't try to cough off mic and just have me talking. I see you. Um, so second of all, yes, I'm doing great. Like this is the season of all the things that you mentioned, but also this is the season where like, starting to meet new people, build some new relationships professionally. Uh, got us, um, you know, I just opened up some slots for some new clients for coaching. Um, you know, I had to get my rest so I could know how much time bandwidth I had for my life life, you know? And so I, this is an exciting time right now. Um, it's a very busy time, right? I feel like, you know, there should be some required, you know, two week, three week buffer before we start hitting it hard. But I recognize that, you know, cyclical nature of corporate lives don't allow for that because everything kind of happens in the Q1 of the year, right? Um, similarly, Q1 and Q4. So it's like, get your break and hurry up and get back to work. Um, but you know what? I, I feel good. I feel healthy. Um, I definitely feel filled up. So for those of you who haven't been following you know, Liz and I got a chance to to be together and record and meet new people over in the UK um, early this year, like several weeks now. It doesn't feel long ago, but I mean, just having the holidays plus us getting together um, in the UK and then having that cushion and beginning really filled my cup with the connections that I need one to to do to be a person, right? But also, just in general, it reminded me of my ecosystem of support and love that I have in all the places. Um, don't smile, Liz. This is just you. This Liz love when I get mushy. It's just ridiculous. Um, I so, do. I love it. I do. I love yeah. it because, you know, it's, can I call you out real quick? Don't yeah, I can. tell no all my We can edit this if you don't like it. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. So Shara, if for those who know Shara, y'all know that she's an amazing connector. She connects people. And she does it because she's an incredible networker. I mean, I'm a, I took a little bit of Shara's page out of it, but let me tell you, I started doing that here because I'm new here and I'm trying to, you know, figure out things in the UK and all that. And it is hard work. Like that takes, that takes a skill and talent and you have to be on all the time. So I can definitely see how that can be very tiring and I can see how it can be very overwhelming, even to someone who, um, is an experienced networker like you are, you know? So I'm glad that you kind of took time and you assessed you who you are. But I do want to say like, you know, are you bringing things in your life that bring you joy? And because you're very quick to ask us if we brought joy in our lives, you know? But first of all, y'all, this, this <laughs> is continuing the conversation we was having just in life life, but not on in front of y'all. Yes. So listen, there's some intention that, you know, she's horrible in a good way. You know what I mean? Like seriously, and don't go off, don't go mute and cough. Okay. I know you coughing. Um, so I'm listen. laughing, but nobody wants to hear my chipmunk laugh. Nobody, nobody. I want to hear it. I want them to hear it because when you get going, and specifically when we record late, your that laugh <laughs> is like the funniest thing I've ever heard. And I mean, literally it opened up a gateway into a new level of friendship. <laughs> it's like the gateway. It's a minute. I'm gonna start it right now. Oh my gosh! That Don't was, do it. Do that it. That was 
uh, that was Angela's episode. It was like the pre-work of Angela's episode. Um, and I just, it was late here because it was like 8 a.m. her time. She's in Australia. And we had like all these different time zones. I have a app called Time Buddy. <laughs> I mean, who does that? But that is amazing. Like our guests are all over the world. And I cannot wait to go and visit like for real, yes. for real. We joke about it in the podcast, but they think yes. I'm joking, but they don't know that I'm mm. for real, for real. No, you're serious. Because I have our bracelet that we for have sure. here. Yes. And um, I got to I got to fill it up. See all this. Yes. So, yes. yes. First of all, if y'all not watching, just FYI, she is showing a Pandora bracelet that we have. P.S. Pandora, you know, for these um, larger, um, thicker, uh, grown-up, you know, wrists that I have, I just need y'all to go ahead and get a couple of inches on that thing. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm just tired of trying to be like, look, I'm going to make mine a necklace and it look like I'm in like the 90s with this gold Cuban link chain. Like, for real, cut it out. Like, grown-ups, are grown it okay I mean, I, like i rock a chain i rock a chain like mr t listen not a bracelet thing. chain because your wrist is too big for these little bracelets but anyway i'm gonna digress listen so one thing that we do because we we have this partnership we when we do things specifically um like big events that we do or or things that's milestones for us or we're visiting or together doing something in a different country or location. We try to get a Pandora. Liz actually started this. So, which is a really meaningful thing because I'm not a Pandora charm person. I'm the last person to be like, let's collect some stuff. Um, But at the end of the day, I love it. And I was the first one to be like, let's go to the Pandora store when we went to the UK. So I was like in there talking to everybody, looking at multiple things that I did not need. Um, but so I when you it, travel, like, so when you travel, like you don't collect things. So listen, not like so, seashells, but like, no, yeah, I do collect things. I do. So I do wearable things. So like, if I go somewhere, I get a purse, I get a scarf, I get a thing that I can put on. So every time mm. I'm here, I can wear it and I got a story. I got something to, you know, just to, to bring me, give me joy, but also a little story. Like I rock stuff when we were in Africa like I still have like clothes and stuff and when I rock it people are like oh where you get that from like hell let me tell you a little story there Ah. that's how I do so when I go places like for example um from the UK we brought earrings and got the Pandora bracelet but I also rock my dino (laughs) Um, you bring diny diny is my is my guy um he was given to me with love for one of um uh Liz's boys but also both of them gave me something cute but Diney rose with me to um work when I go out and do things in the community and I try to take pictures so that the boys will recognize that I actually have a job and I'm not at home all day not you know looking at my computer because I'll think <laughs> well, the they think, <laughs> that they, <you're>, they think. <laughs> one of your sons was like so you work at your house I was like I really don't like the tone of how you're talking about my house, but um, he was just like, he, he was like, yeah, my mom works at here. I was like, but your mom got a full office here in the house. What's the disconnect? But he was just kind of looking at me like, you might be unemployed. So I take um, Diney with me and I'm going to be taking him to a couple of- um, uh, So maybe you need to do a post on all the amazing things that you're doing with Diney. I am. So Diney sometimes come with me, but I forgot to take a picture the last couple of times when I was doing things, but he, he's coming we need to, to get it together with your taking the of the pictures. But Agreed. we also need to upgrade your phone. So we're not going <sighs> to, I know I'm calling you out on our podcast. I know, I know, Please stop. but Please I'm stop. giving you the pressure. Listen, there's no pressure here because you are my cousin, whatever kind of text chain yeah. I might be having. That Share us friends get... that listen to our podcast no. uh, and family members. No. Yes. Can you please tell her? Yes. No. Can you tell her? I love my mini. Stop <laughs> playing. It's the most. Listen, I like, like the mini phone. I, I got to be pocket. careful with my phone. I got to give it love because it might get mad at me a little bit. See, I don't like, see, this is going to seem personal. I thought we were talking about Gardner Trans, and then now we talk about, I'm not, see, this is why I don't let you t- ask me how I'm doing, because it always becomes like all yeah, this. Yeah, I know you don't. I know you don't, but, you it's know, fine. we agreed to do this podcast together. We're a partnership. We're at Manas, and you want me to do serious things, and I want you to do non-serious things. It works out. We are a perfect balance of yin and yang. I think so. 
<laughs> whatever makes you feel comfortable making me uncomfortable is fine. Whatever you got to say that makes hey, you, you comfortable, made me uncomfortable me all the time. Uncomfortable, it's fine. I'm not uncomfortable, <laughs> but I just, I just don't like it. And I don't know what the words to use. So forget about it. Let's go to Gardner. Okay. Gardner PS, okay. y'all are not, y'all are not sponsoring this show. So thank whoever we want to tag y'all. Come on, come sponsor this show because we definitely not said your name. And honestly, I know it's not your brand to be doing a drinking game, but if we were doing a non-alcoholic drinking game, you definitely got a lot of shine for free. So I feel like y'all should come and consider um, sponsoring and supporting us. But Liz, so I sent you this article. So for Liz, who's trying to be like, okay, sure, I need you to have more of a life than other networking and doing things professionally. (laughs) This is one of those other things that she probably didn't allude to that I love to read. um, When when I got it and we're uh, time difference is, you know, we're six hour time difference. So by the time, which is odd because my 6 a.m. is your 11 a.m. I had to do I had to, 12 a.m. <laughs> and I, and I, we talk all the time. We talk all the time when you first get up in the morning because I'm still up. I'm a night owl. I know. It she, works. She's a night owl. So I get these very intriguing articles right in the morning when I'm trying to get the boys to school. I'm so tired of you today. You not sick. You faking it so you can be, so I can treat you differently. That's okay. I see what's happening. Okay. Okay. But she sent me this article and I was like, well, this one's interesting. So this article is called the five strategic initiatives HR leaders are prioritizing this year. So it came out in October, 2022. We'll post the link of that article on here. And I think it was, it's not just impacting HR leaders, but I've got a lot of questions. So do you want to go ahead and give them the synopsis of like how this data was put together? And then yes. I can ask yeah. all my questions that I had. Please and thank you. So listen, first of all, I look at a number of research avenues. So Gardner's not the only one. So shout out to other, you know, individuals, big, big fours who put this stuff out. But I like to look at the work trends and I'm specifically looking at what are the areas of resistance, right? Or the areas of focus for the environment that we're going into. So this particular one is like the future of work. So the future of work and transfer 2023 that Gardner put out. So if you're looking for that note that it came out in 2022, but it's talking about 2023. So there's nine future things that they focus on in this research. So they do this amongst their member companies. They get a quite a bit of data. I'm not going to start reading off all these commas, but you can look at it yourself when you see the link. Um, but ideally, there's a nine future work transfer 2023, and I'm gonna read them to you. But selfishly, the last one is the one that we're that's really important to us. So, well, all of these are important, but you know. Just FYI. Oh, P.S. Listen for in the nine trades of how many of these Liz and I have already talked about. <laughs> I'm just look. Uh, you know what? What's funny is that in my notes, when I make my notes, I was like, mm, "We had an episode on this." A Excuse while ago. me. Or you and I mm-hmm. had a conversation about this, but still, mm-hmm. I got a lot of. Yeah, okay. we've been talking. We've been talking about all of this for this, real, for real. Because the they might listen to the year. podcast. They might be. They might be. So maybe up. you should be sponsoring this partner. Exactly. Okay. Okay, but you know, they go. took they the this research comes from like what did they do? Like research, like 800 HR leaders mm-hmm. um to kind of pull all their data. So this isn't just like people randomly bringing information together, no. right? No, and these I are thought people like doing the work and running these are people Fortune doing the 500, work. It's you know. data, it's mm-hmm. like what what is top of mind? And I thought the very first one that I thought was very interesting was on leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Making and this is my favorite one. Mm, let me just pause there for a second. But making leadership human. Making leadership human. So what does that mean, Shara? So first of all, Liz, um, I for me, making leadership human is really about understanding the needs of your employees, right? So this is one of those things that we always talk about. So first of all, I realized that we're not looking at the same article, but it's okay because I'm a flow with it. Second of all, um, wait, what? How are we not looking at the same article? Because the one said this article. This is so many future. First of all, it says my female work trends in 2023, and then when you read number one, that was not my number one. So clearly, we are not on the same one. But let me just tell you. <laughs> I'm always ready. I stay right, ready. We'll flow with both articles. Listen, it's fine. It's fine because I'll tell you what the number one is on this one. But I will okay. say, here we go. So what I would say for human is, listen, everybody is bringing, has a purpose for the work that they're coming to do. 
Maybe it's for you to, you know, you just need money for your family, for your livelihood, et cetera. But at the end of the day, nowadays, people who are not at a, in, you know, in a situation where it's a thing that needs to be done to just, you know, live per se, and they want to leave with a purpose, thinking about what are the values, the expectations, the motivations of your employees so that you can have a purpose-driven um, organizational focus. And to do that, you have to actually listen and clearly engage with the people and understand what it is that they need. And it goes back to like Angela Chan's, um, Angela Chan's who, who did our uh, personhood and ethics of care goes back to who are you serving, right? Like you can serve your shareholders and everybody else, but the people who are actually doing the work need to feel valued, appreciated and seen and be honored at least for the things that are important to him as much as you can in the workplace. So to when I think about human, it's the personhood that we talked about in our previous episode. But on our side, Liz, my number one for the future work trends um, on, the, on this Gardner one is quiet hiring to snag new talent, <laughs> which I think is perfect because it goes from like if you're not honoring your people for the human, then well, um, let's just you know, know what I think these two articles like now now I'm on the article okay like we're going through this article together we're gonna go through this journey together with the listeners right so um yes so I think that's interesting yeah I think uh I I, I mean it what what happens when a leader doesn't when you don't have a leader who's empathetic or authentic or a, a listener. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're pushing, um, they're disregarding people in general. Right. And your main asset is our people, period. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are you doing to to prevent this from happening? So, yeah, we 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 had a whole conversation about quiet quitting. So let's do quiet hiring. Yeah. Quiet hiring is one of those things where. You know, they're saying that basically people are poaching your talent and the 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 employees in your in your organization is letting it happen. Like they're like, look, come get me. Okay. I I'm a I'm I'm I want to be courted. Okay. So come court me. Okay. And so quiet hiring is really the shout out to the HR people who do sourcing. If y'all know that word, it's fine. But let me tell you for my HR peeps, sourcing is when you already done mapped out the people you want to bring into your organization well before the position comes. It's a it's, it's not easy. It's a it's, it takes a skill set to do that and a, a lot of networking. I know one amazing person who I met. I mean, it's several amazing people I met, at least two who really do it so well. But those are when you basically have already planted the seed. In some in somebody else's top talent in their organization, and you're just waiting them to come on in, reel them in, because you know that you need them in their organization, and that quite frankly, potentially they're not being valued as they could be um, in their current organization. So it is the it is and why not? And why not? I mean, in my whole career. I never wanted to do one thing. I mean, Sherry, you and I worked together for a very, very long time in corporate. And I never wanted to stick to my lane. <laughs> you don't got no lane, Liz. I, don't, I think you're the only one who thought that you had a lane. Because I'm going to tell you right now, as a person who knew you in the workplace, all I know you was doing 100 things. It's always like, yeah, that Liz, they go Liz, they go Liz. Oh, Liz doing that too. Liz doing this ten percent. Liz doing this. Liz go. And I think, I think on a personal level, this this number one. I think even on a personal level, with like now looking back at it, I'm really glad I never stuck to my to a single lane. That I acquired all these different skills because now, like that, we running our own businesses, we are running our podcast. All these different hats that you wear, it it that that whole um, process or that experience really um, put me in a position to where I could handle so many different hats, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, it doesn't scare me because I've done so much, and I feel for people who you know don't upskill themselves or who. Um, you know, are like, well, you know, I'm, I am this, I'm, this is my identity and this is who I am. And this is where mm-hmm. I'm going to stick to. 
as opposed to like venturing out and seeking. And I know it, again, it requires a lot of work, right? Especially, you know, someone who is an introvert, for example, like how would they go about doing this? Yeah. So this is the thing, right? This goes back to some other, like in general, the work, you have to understand what your employee means. Period. It goes back to the human parts of if you are, if you're working on that as a supervisor or organization, you need to really make sure you put that accountability on your manager and leaders to be in connection with their employees to understand what their needs are and what like serves them, what powers them up, what's their strengths and where kind of they fall short. But as an employee, right, as a person who's getting that, having those conversations, you have to be authentic and like what it is that you need. Like, look, I love, thank you so much for putting me on this project, but this this really is not my spirit. Like this is a stretch for me, right? And if I'm an introvert, which is not my uh, my true identity, then I need time. What I need to ask for is, hey, I need time to read what the agenda is before the meeting um, so I can digest and send me the information in which you want me to be prepared for to talk in the room. And then also, hey, give me time because I know we all love to chat in the meeting and do idea generation. But for a person who is introverted, that is not the ideal space that they show, show up and thrive. So they need to be able to have a balance of give me something before if you want me to be idea generating so that I could be prepared and show up or give me the chance that I can digest everything and then come to you in a format after the meeting so that I can come and bring my best pieces. Second of all, breaks. Stop having these 90-minute meetings. And no offense. I know, don't be shady, y'all, because I know we have long podcasts, but you know, you got That's different, though. Do. This is entertainment, don't, okay? Don't a 90-minute meeting, don't. nobody needs that. Listen, most don't, of the don't time, do it. Don't do it. Yes. You know, what's we interesting is like- introverts need, uh, introverts need pauses. And they you need do. pauses and talk and chat about your weekend. Like, pauses, leave me alone. I got to walk away from y'all, and we're not dialoguing about something random you have as our break. I need, they, not I, but that is something that they need to in, um, have. Liz, you say something. Go ahead, girl. Yeah, no, what's interesting is like, I'm going back and forth from the two articles and in the, in the article that I was reading, they were talking about the, yeah, we, we all made mistakes. Okay. All right. No, all we, right. no, there's no mistake. No, this but this is interesting because we talk about a lot about the employee experience as well as organizational design. Like what is the organization doing to create these experiences for employees you know upskilling is one of them right um the next one on the article here is talking about hybrid flexibility Mm -hmm. um in the workplace right and what does that do you know most of us are either remote or hybrid or in the office or a combination of all three there's definitely a lot more flexibility you know how do we now control or guide our careers and is that the responsibility of the employee or is that the responsibility of the organization to do and I, and I feel like there's a little bit of a of a two-way street there because I wouldn't I've always been very responsible and very in the mind of it is my career and so I need to be responsible for it but at the same time and the organization needs to create these opportunities and have these, you know, um, succession planning, essentially. And like, what do you what how are you going to develop me? Agreed. I, I, so. So, yeah, I think the mindset of, you know, it's it, to me, it's about empowerment, and disempowerment. And, and you could agree with me on this word, but. Um, disagree with me, uh, listeners and Liz uh, on the word. But empower- I think we've moved from a disempowerment piece, which is like this place in which someone's telling you what path in which you have to take, given your skill set that's going to get you to X. Um, and that's usually a very traditional pathway. Like you got to do level one, level two, level three, level four. But that's not, that is, you know, really those days of that type of development is long gone because in my opinion, I mean, and it's maybe more fleeting. Now, I'm not saying you ain't got to get an advanced skill set. I'm just saying that your career is not going to be as linear as you would be hoping that in the past. But I agree with you, Liz. I think it's more from an empowerment mindset where people are coming with what it is that they have as their skills, their aspirations, motivations, and interests. And then they're going to then share that information with a company who clearly has brought them in to do something and has something for them 
and, and have some shared accountability around what that could look like, which the empowerment also requires both parties to, to do their, I mean, empowerment is really for the employee to feel empowered to do it, but also the empowerment is for the organization to stretch their employees. Like, hey, look, let's stop yeah. asking you just to do this one thing. Um, we can ask, we can offer you multiple things that may make you feel more um, engaged in the workplace. And I think that goes to number three on mine, which is elevating the pressure on managers. Now, listen, I've been a manager and a leader of small and large groups. And let me just be honest with you. Um, the, there is already a, a piece of pressure that goes along with, you know, leading and staying connected and finding ways to stay connected with your team and getting information and being getting buy-in from the organization, making sure your employees know what's happening, staying abreast of their personal and professional um, needs and goals. But at the end of the day, the accountability to know how to, the pressure to know what my employees need to feel invested in what they do and to be an advocate for them in the organization and also being mindful of what, all of those things and being able to maneuver and support and champion them is really important. Also as an organization, give me the flexibility as a manager to do those things and not just like always fit in a box and, and not be open to non-traditional ways of supporting and develop employees to get to the ultimate goal. And that's, you know, that's really hard, Shara. I mean, as someone who is a, 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 a manager level in an accounting department, it's really, really difficult to ask that of your managers, especially if the organization isn't supporting your managers and providing the skills for your managers to be able to do this. Um, so it sounds like to me, a lot of organizations need some coaching from okay. their managers. Come I'm just us. plugging that in there. Come I'm just us. saying. Come get us. We got an amazing coaching program, but okay, y'all. Um, but also, let's throw it out there. I also want the organization hold accountable to managers who are not doing their part. Because nothing's right. worse than me sitting here having check-ins every week with folks, filling up all of my calendar, um, making sure I'm doing those connections in, in my organization, outside my organization, champion my folks. And then I see somebody who's not doing, who's not doing that. No, and they have more consistent. time to focus on themselves and their own career and not the collective. So I want Absolutely. them to hold them accountable. Get them out of here. Like if, if you want people who just control command and not doing no work and that's the organization you want, make sure everybody like that. Don't have yeah. people overachieving over here to make sure that you have a culture that feels and feels like it's it's valuing the humans in front of them. Um, so yeah, make it sure has you to be that. consistent messaging. It has to come from the top bottom. I've always said this. We've always seen that a lot in our in the in the programs that we've put in in place for DNI. It's like it has to go. It has to be consistent, and everybody has mm -hmm. to buy it. The next one is one of my favorite ones. Go get you know it. Why? You know why it's my favorite? Because I am such a, an advocate. Is advocate the right word? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I, I feel very strongly about diversifying your, your employee capacity, I guess you would say, and, and getting out from the traditional of requiring college degrees. Come on. Because I have seen it time and time again, and my my own two brothers run very successful businesses. They don't have college degrees because they couldn't. They couldn't do that. It just wasn't in the cards for them. And uh, but they run very successful companies. I would even go as far as to say they're probably more successful than I have been in my lifetime. Aww. And I'm very proud of them. Right. And they've but, you know, they they um, they see themselves as less than right. You know, the, a lot of the comments are, well, you know, you you got a college degree like you you went to college. Like, what am I going to talk to you about? You know, what what do uh, what do we have in common, per se? Mm -hmm. But it's like, actually, like, OK, yes, I did go to college and yes, I did put myself through it. And yes, that was very difficult. But you also built a business without having someone mentor you oh, on yeah. how to run a business and how to navigate creating a business and doing all that. Right. Yeah. And I just want to say that I think a while ago we talked about um, 
you know, if you want to diversify your talent pool, you got to tap into these people who don't have degrees or have trades or have different degrees, non-traditional degrees, um, and, and tap into that talent because yeah. you never know what you might get out from that. I, I wish you 100%. Listen, it's not, let's be, let's put the caveat on it, <clears throat> which is, it's not for all roles. Like every single role that can't be, that can't be such that you don't get a college degree, right? Like I want my doctor to have a college degree. I want my engineers to have a college degree. <laughs> like, come on. Yes, like, yes, this like, is true. Let's be 100. I'm sorry, go ahead, Sharon. Go ahead, Liz. No. no I sorry, mean, but ahead. even in like DNI positions, right? Even in um in in culture positions, if you look a lot of the LinkedIn jobs out there, they're very inequitable. Right. Yes, for they sure. want you to have multiple degrees, multiple qualifications, 10 right. years plus of XYZ. 20, 10, 20, 15, 10, 12. It's never and, like three in the three in the training. No. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm with you, Liz. I the college degrees have their place. Like, listen. I understand that, you know, college shows me in a lot of different ways, um, quite frankly. But when I walked out with my degree, the organizations I went to trained a lot of those things out of me, right? Like they, their job was to acclimate me to their organization, how they go about doing it and the laws and requirements of the, wherever the locations I was. So they really did all the work that really has me up until now. So the question really is, is it required for the, the, for the, the execution and completion and the responsibility and safety of that role for you to have a college degree? And if the answer is absolutely yes, okay, then do it. But if it is meh, then you don't, you may not need it. And listen, tech companies are doing it. So if I'm just challenging, I'm with you. Listen, sure, you don't need a college degree. First of all, a college degree is just a, at the end of the day, a, a, a sheet of paper that you got and experiences you got over four years and some knowledge that you gained. But at the end of the line, at the end of the day, there was a lot, people were living, working, having more experiences while I was in college who are now able to maneuver through life different than me because of the investment that I had that was very much so tailored to uh, the education system. So shout out to anybody who did not go to college, who is doing their thing. Shout out to the people who went to college who decided that, hey, maybe that was useful or maybe it wasn't. But at the end of the day, if somebody can tell you that they can do the job, one, trust them and look at your system and whether or not you can train them, support them with whatever they do have at the door. Because what's the point of asking somebody to have all of this if you're going to train it out of them? Because that's what we call like acclimation and all that's those right. other things is the code word right. of I'm going to train it, train you the way we want you to do it. Listen, number five, though, one of yours. Okay. This is me. This is a hundred percent me. Addressing employee mental well-being. Girl, you you modeled that at the beginning of this call, though. You did that. And I didn't even know what article we were talking about. So there's that. Well, listen, listen. <laughs> but we, I, love the fact, I love the fact that they bring out the pandemic because we are still seeing. Yes. I know, y'all, you think the pandemic's over, it's but we're still seeing repercussions of it. And this is going to be years down mm. the line. Of repercussions. Mm -hmm. I mean, here in the UK, they had multiple um, lockdowns, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so at the moment, we are in the midst of many unions uh, protesting. So we have the post office, we have nurses in the NHS, we have teachers, we mm -hmm. have, uh, you know, train workers as well to protesting because they want fair, equitable treatment. They want um, and they want salaries that are equitable as well, too. So, yes. and all these people kept everything running throughout this pandemic. Okay. Yes. They kept the transportation going. They yes. kept our hospitals open. They were teaching our kids remotely and we are asking them to do things beyond it. I was very blessed and privileged that all I had to do was some crunch, crunch numbers on my you know, at home. Yes, I had my kids here, but in no way, shape or form did I have it as bad as, you know, our teachers and our nurses mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. And people are still, they're struggling with it. You know, mm -hmm. our kids, our kids are struggling with it. I mean, Sherry, you mentor 
a lot of young people. I've just gotten into an organization here in the UK as well that mentors young young girls. And I, there's just so much pressure in our young people, right? And these are these are the people that are going to go into the workforce, right? And going back to number four a little bit is kind of number four and number five together, right? Like how are you making your organization fit for a new generation? Okay. A generation, a generation that has gone through so much, right? Has gone through multiple economic uh, downfalls, has gone through this huge pandemic. They are, they, their society has told them they have to have these degrees. They have to have this piece of paper and college expenses are huge, mm-hmm. huge expense, right? Especially in the U S it's huge expense. And, um, and then of course, medical bills and, and all, all this stuff, <laughs> a lot of younger generations, they're not able to afford homes, right? You have mm-hmm. inflation, you have high interest rates, you have the cost of living and the cost of housing is so high. So as an organization, when we talk about, to share point, your ecosystem, right? And your employees are part of that community that you reside in, that you're you using the resources around. So, because I, I often get a lot of times, and I'll ask you this, this, this is one of my questions, Shara, this is one of my questions. Go ahead, go ahead. I get a lot. Um, when I'm talking to to people who I've worked with or friends or family members, I get a lot of questions like, why is it the organization's responsibility to take care of you? <laughs> please, can you put your HR hat and please tell me, okay? First of all, let me HR you. So no, I'm not giving you the tea. Listen, we, you know we got talking points for that. Listen, the HR team, don't tell nobody else. Um, so listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm with you, this the prepare your organization for the generation that's coming. They have had a lot of loss and a lot of lack of trust. They have seen us at some of the most extreme parts of who we are, of highest pride and some of the lowest of lows, right? Like there is no reason for them to trust any system uh, per se um, and, and, and think that they won't lose something, right? Whether it's a job or you know, uh, um, um, their financial stability or access to home ownership, like pick something, right? Like there's so many risks. We have taught them the highest, they're experiencing some of the highest level of risk um, and uncertainty. And when you think about mental well-being, right? In this way, the, the biggest piece I would say, that's not my HR answer, but the biggest piece I would say is really around the fact that think about Maslow's hierarchy. Right. Yep. Like if someone feels like they cannot eat, you know, be safe, then you cannot get anything else like self-actualization and these highest forms of trust and, and confidence from people. You have to make sure, one, you're providing that environment that lets people know what is transparently happening even if it's not all good news, so people can decide how they want to govern themselves and make those decisions for them to create the safety that they need to make sure that their hierarchy is done. And when it comes to the HR answer around mental well-being, we will tell you that the EAP services is available, right? So that is the counseling. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I mean, to real, we're going to say EAP is available, right? That's the employee assistance program, which has a lot of counseling and guidance for employees to do self-service and co- keep it confidential. But there's a but, lot of employees that don't have trust over that, right? They, they don't have trust over, yeah. The trust in general. That's because our organizations have to do that, be better at trust and transparency and keeping their word. But I will say EAP, because I'm a user of it and also, you know, I'm a user. I feel like I was about to say a commercial tagline for that, but I can't remember it. Anyway, <laughs> need to go get that. Uh, go get my uh, vitamins. But um, what I will say is, yes, EAP is confidential. So at the end of the day, I've been on the behind the scenes of that. It is confidential. It's like no, you don't see names, right? It's just basically a cost, right? You pay it as that. But at the end of the day, the the importance of using EAP, of course, is to get the services, but it's also to let people, what, what we do get behind the scenes is a trend to say, what are the key things people are calling for? Not the actual people, but what are the things that we as an organization need to be thinking about? It's the human part of another data point for the human yeah. part of the experience of our employees. So when people go and be like, okay, I just want to get some 
individual counseling or some family counseling or some financial counseling, whatever the case may be, that data point allows us to say, this is what's happening in our organization. This is what's happening outside of organization. And this is what's happening to our employees if we in between like an employee um, survey or something like that. But let me not give y'all too much tea because my HR people want to start texting me. I had somebody text me about something I said on the, the podcast before. And I was like, listen, I'm telling <laughs> all the secrets, okay? What? <laughs> <laughs> they text you. Oh so my stop, God. Don't listen. Don't listen if you don't want to know. You can turn us off. This is a choice. You have a choice to, but um, also go like us and share us to your friends. Okay. Um, so the sixth one is exactly kind of like it's our bread and butter, right? It is talking about DNI. Um, and I do feel like I think we talked about this a few months ago on what is the future of DNI in organizations because it does seem that there's so much every we we're, we are in a, a time in history where everything is polarized um you know even our groups of friends if you look at your groups of friends now right there it, it, it there's different views of different ways and so i know there's a lot of sentiment of of feeling that this that dni is 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 divide devising the organization so how are organizations going to continue trying to push equity and inclusion and diversity forward considering this? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, the, if, if people are feeling resistance, it's, it's because you, you are probably feeling some type of pressure, right? So if you're feeling resistance, I mean, it could be someone said, hey, it's a cost matter. And usually when we think about costs, we think about things that are, are not as easily quantifiable or doesn't have the, the biggest impact either on a shareholder or et cetera. So anything that doesn't like the soft skills, I hate calling it soft skills because it's usually yeah, the things I hate that the word kind of soft go skills. away. That's right? the most important like, skills. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the behaviors that make actually the results happen. Okay, whatever. Anywho, okay. I digress. So really cost constraints really is usually one of those things. Also, what happens is when there's not a, no pressure, like, you know, how we experience around uh, race or gender matters or LGBTQ plus conversations or just in general, something in front that is glaring where you have to decide and make a choice and people are watching you more intensely people don't have that pressure in front of them. So they get to now scale back and get to a place, maybe a more comfortable place in which they want to do DNI initiatives. Um, and then, and, and typically for those of you who feel that, who get that resistance, people start asking for more data. More data is a trigger to be like, I need more data. Maybe we have some data on that. But you know what though? The data is there. <laughs> yeah, you just but don't it's want also to look. a deterrent, right? To no, say, I need but- more of because I just not, ready sure we need to do more of this but you know what though i can get you more i'm a data person my background is in data okay don't play with me because i'll get you i'll go get you data the question is do you want to see what the data is going to show you right because they're gonna be like well that's not for our market and maybe oh but like our specific industry like i know this is industry but like our specific like listen when you start hearing that just let them just say just say okay well we if this is not a priority to you what is the priority that you want to have because what i always go back to was like what is the commitments we made to our employees and our leaders because i i they are the ones who are still, you have set an expectation. What are you fulfilling? And if you're, if you were just being performative, fine, you know, just be prepared to be told, Hey, you was doing all this DNI work now and let this happen. And so y'all haven't been working on y'all behaviors and things are still kind of feeling the same and y'all cutting the budget around DNI. So do you really mean it? Um, if that was what it is, be, be answering honestly, like, you know, it was a time and now it's not the time, right? Yeah. Or you could be a transformational progressive company who understands that DNI is is a strategic imperative for how business need to operate if you want to attract talent into your organization because the world is diverse. I'm sorry. I Amen. Didn't know Go look at the census data. Anyhow, all right, the number seven, <laughs> um, tackling employee data pri- privacy. So tackling employee data privacy, I'm not going to lie, Liz. Y'all over in the UK, man, when we were doing this, our website, us trying to make sure we had the the actual privacy standards for like Europe was pretty intense. I actually have a greater appreciation. I've actually started to see more of 
those um, pieces pop up on more sites here in the U.S. where they're talking about how the cookies are being used and privacy and, 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 and opting out of information. So to me, I really am happy to see that employee data privacy is really important. And I think it goes back to even building that trust around well-being, right? Like there's a level of expectation and it's been there for a long time, but I think you know, people are starting to see more of it. Like, cause on the HR side, there is standards of privacy that we have to keep from employees. Um, I mean, that for employees to support our employees and leaders and organizations, but I'm, I'm glad that people are starting to have some, some control over how they want their information to be used um, and, and being able to opt in for that. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a big, that's a big thing. I mean, but, you know, one of the things that I struggle with on, you know, the data that is available out there to, to people, and again, I am a data person. Um, and so I always look at data and assess a, a company or a situation or whatever it may be. I always go go to data. I always look at facts. If that data isn't readily available, how are we going to progress in a lot of these issues that we're dealing with? You know, if yeah. if people are very concerned about their privacy, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that it shouldn't be private because it should be private, mm-hmm. but also like, how are we going to do both? And that's going to be a very interesting mm-hmm. approach that companies are going to have to really work around is like, how are you going to do both? Yeah. Self-disclosure is a big deal. I mean, once again, we talk about data points. I mean, when people ask you to self-disclose and identify what identities that you you show up as, uh, specifically in your organization, right? Like in a trusted yeah. place, it's really important because they're asking that question for a reason, right? Oftentimes when people don't answer those questions for whatever, because they don't feel that sense of safety, it really hinders like your organization who wants to do the work around DNR age or people processes because we can't, we don't have the live data to say, look, this is the population and they care, right? Like yeah. stop overlooking yeah. them. Um, so I guess the whole, the, at the end of the day, again, bringing the human centered approach, again, bringing trust, bringing safety, in organizations is going to be super, super key. Mm-hmm. And also being able to have these difficult, hard conversations with people, True. right? True. So let's talk about number eight. So that one is um, talking about the AI bias, which is something that we talked about on our previous episode. Go Come back on. to it. Okay. So how are we mitigating bias in artificial intelligence? Yeah, so th- this is an ongoing issue, right? So, you know, we're all excited about, you know, hey, you know, AI and, and some of the, not, I'm not saying we all excited, but there are some advantages to having some things automated that allows individually and collectively for us to do things differently um, or have more time to do other things, right? Or strategic things or, or more things that doesn't seem as tactical depending on how you use your um, AI. But what I will say is it's all about the program. So who's programming it? <laughs> what inherent biases are they adding in there? Or who is, and, and who's not in the room in the development, right? Like how many times, I mean, if you think about not even technology, but just in general, how many times, especially this is uh, Black History Month, um, and so, or, or Women's History Month, you, you hear these faux pas that people do. They'd be like, oh yeah, we serve this type of food at this um, school to honor Black history. Like, why are y'all doing that? Um, believe somebody made that decision, okay? Um, and it went through several, several people, mouths, hands, emails to get to that answer. And you still had the faux pas, right? Um, and 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 that inherent bias just goes into the the zeros and the ones, okay? In the program, right? Where you'd be like, oh the yeah, zeros think, and the ones. I mean, I think that this shade is is I I think these are enough shades for people to put a filter on, and then you got me looking like a ghost, like. Listen, I'm just telling you that at the end of the day, this is a really important moment. And if we're recruiting algorithms specifically, there is important for you to have something if you are doing a lot of change in your organization and the competency that you have um, around particularly DNI, around your HR professionals, others may be growing or lacking or whatever that is. Or in particular, you want to allow your people yeah. and your leaders to focus on what it is their skill sets are and not this uh, per se. Then you want to get a, a, a out. You want to make sure you're choosing technology that are helping to mitigate. That's equitable. Yeah. yeah. That's and mitigating bias and equitable. And also you're training the people to say Absolutely. this. 
this, this AI is only doing part of it for you. Here are the other things that you need to be thinking about when you're thinking about our talent that's coming into our organization and training them properly. And I would say, start with your job posts. How yeah. equitable and inclusive are your job posts? Remove that requirement or just really consider removing that requirement of all these like letters at the end of your name. Yeah. Um, more power to you. If you do have them, I'm very proud of you. Uh, you know, there's someone that has to do it. Um, so, but I would offer that. And I would also offer too, like, as you start using AI to do a lot of your recruiting and bringing, um, data into HR, um, what do they call it? Like people analytics is I would offer to share point, right. Making sure that you remove those biases in there, because as people start applying for different jobs or moving around moving around the country or moving around organizations, because that's not going to stop, mm-hmm. is how how are you diversifying your, your talent pool and ensuring that these AI tools are not removing talent that could be incredible for your organization? Correct. Because Think either the-, the person's name isn't, you know, a, a, a name that's from the dominant culture or whatever right. it may be. I mean, those right. those kind of things are real, right? Yeah. And I'll give you an um, analogy if, it, if it's helpful. It's like before you had these the automated smart cars now and you had to put your blinker on, like, you know, you had to hit the blinker and the camera didn't pop up and you had to actually go look and make sure a car not over there before you moved into the lane. It's the same thing, right? It's the manual version of that. You hit the blinker, right? You hit the AI. Thank you. Do your part. It's coming. Okay. Thank you for the check. But I still have to make sure I am looking and observing and making sure that what it is that I'm trying to do is still supportive and in line of the talent that I want to bring in an organization and also the the capability of those people who are part of that process is able to determine and and serve the right behaviors for uh, people to come in. So just think of it. It's just the just a little flip of the switch, right? To let you do a little to help you in aid you versus doing the work for you. Um, So yes, it's a plus. So so Cheryl, what's the last one? You know, actually, I really like the last one. And I'm so glad that we got into the right article. Yes, because I also want to associate this down to our younger people because I am all about younger people, you know, right now, because, you know, vibrancy is one of my values. Go that get I, that Go uphold. Get but the number nine is talking about, you know, how are organizations addressing this gap in skills, especially like social skills, because, you know, we are working from home. I'm, I'm sitting on my bed right now working from home, right? You know, and, and and it's easier for me to stay in my own area and not network and not go out and not develop these skills. And and I think our kids are in the same boat as well, too. Right. Mm-hmm. The use of social media, the use of smartphones, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I do think that as great as technology is, because I'm a very pro technology person, I also think for our younger generation it's um it's holding them back in a lot of ways and also bringing in some new challenges that i feel like organizations are going to have to address eventually mm-hmm. yeah so so first of all the 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 what we're talking about is confront gen z um soft skills gap you know and then you have to read auto to get the full grasp of this but what it, what it is is basically saying listen we have set up organizations where your performance your image and your exposure is really important to how people work in the workplace right and without those things right the exposure being such that you are given that face time you're showing up at different things you're you're saying yes and volunteering your time you're a visible piece of the organization you're you know saying yes to opportunities you're doing the things right and a lot of that has to do with FaceTime visibility and those types of things and, 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 and being uh, mentors, advocates, you know, it's the active part of letting people know that you're in it, right? Um, and then that's outside of per se, just your immediate job and task. But then you got an image, right? People want to know who you are, what's your brand. When they say your name, what are the descriptors behind it? Those types of stuff. I think in this instance, we have been trained our organizations to, to be so FaceTime not FaceTime as in the app, 
but like seeing people in person that the complexity and the opportunity we have of this generation who ha- is is comfortable being just a bubble with a picture on yeah. it and con- contributing in the workplace. And and what I'll say is the gap is, you know, I, I don't think it's unique to Gen Z, right? This similar conversation, minus the piece of the technological savviness, is a trend in general amongst generations who had to be trained and get a depth and knowledge, I mean, intentional training programs where you had to be like, okay, there's a gap here where we need to give people some depth in skills that are clearly missing um, that we need to focus on. It happens every generation, right? Yeah, and that is true. But I do think that this generation has very unique things where they have so much social media pressure you know, to be always on. And I, I think it that is very unique side of it. Well, Shara, we, we, I think we kind of went over our time and yeah. I'm glad that we got on the right article and everything. <laughs> and- <laughs> yes. Well, I do want to say one thing. So shout out to Gen Z, right? Gen Z, listen, you are changing the workplace, the workforce. And I'll be honest with you. People have put a lot of pressure on millennials to say y'all have been a part of like the reason things are different. But let me just say the differences are aiding in our ability to be more to be more human, not just at work, but just in general. So make sure your needs are known and to also be open and flexible to some of the things that may be uh um, opportunities for you to be able to engage in the workplace so that you could be successful. So I, that's my only piece and show up as authentically you are, but make sure you get asked for the tools and, and go deep sometimes and not necessarily have to go all broad, you know, like, go, you know, I know TikTok and others let you get a lot of skills at one time, but sometimes you just need to be, you need to work at being great and going deep in one thing. And I'm going to tell you, that's not a generational thing. That's a skill set development thing so Liz I know you wanted to wrap up um and I, I first of all I appreciate you Liz I want to shout you out I know we don't make you affection thank you for letting me be vulnerable and shit asking me about how I am and making me share with all these people who really <laughs> even though you got mad at me it's all right <laughs> I never get mad at you I really just I appreciate the pressure and and I also appreciate the fact that you allow you keep pushing me in that area because you know that's a place I want to develop. So I, I appreciate. Well, you. hey, you push me in other areas too, right? You you push me in 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 really being vocal about issues and having an opinion of things and the way you're going to that is a great skill to have, right? To really understand where you're coming from when you do vocalize certain things and how you do that is by educating yourself, right? If you don't have ideas at the moment, you go read. If you want to practice your public speaking, you go right and you go out there and you public speak, which is one of the reasons why we created this podcast. Right now is the time to have your voices heard at Mm -hmm. this moment. So if you're thinking of putting a podcast together or a blog or a video blog or whatever it may be, put it out there. Don't be Mm -hmm. perfect. We're not perfect, but, you know, we cute, but we're not perfect. That's true because we did show up for the cuteness today. And... So listen, yeah. Liz, where can everybody find us if they just joining us? Um, so please go out. So go to our website at morethanwordspodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at morethanwordspodcast. Follow us on LinkedIn as the aunties of inclusion because we're, that's the brand that we're going for y'all. Okay. Because ultimately we are the aunties of inclusion. Yeah. And please send us an email. Like we love to hear from our listeners. We want to know what's top of mind for you. Ask us those difficult questions. So send us an email at Liz and Shara at More Than Words Podcast. We'll see y'all later, y'all. Bye. Bye.